What's up, gamers? This is Battle Mallet Podcast episode 51, and uh, I don't know if Jason and Trace have noticed this, but they kept interrupting me, so now they're muted. This is the 51st episode of the Battle Mallet Podcast, The Headsman's Curse and Void Curse Thralls. Uh, we are here recording on June 6th. Uh, my name is Jared Johnson, and I will now unmute... Oh, I can't unmute them. I guess I'm doing this podcast by myself. Uh, and you, tonight, you have a good time with that. I mean, I don't I know will. how it's going to work out. Yeah, it'd be great. I, I can monologue. Uh, tonight, I am joined by Trey Side. Hey, what's up, everybody? And Jason Table Noob Murray. You're my thrall. Uh, uh, nothing would make me happier, Jason. Nothing would make <laughs> me happier. Uh, yeah, so tonight's episode, uh, we were all caught off guard, I think, both uh, physically, emotionally, financially, by the announcement for the pre-order for Warhammer Underworlds, which is releasing on Saturday, uh, as of the time of this recording. So we're going to break this up into two episodes. In this episode, we're going to cover the Headsman's Curse and the Void Curse Thralls, uh, do our standard Rivals slash Nemesis review of that Warband and that deck. Uh, and that, it will be the bulk of the content for the show. But as usual, before we get into the meat, uh, we do want to catch up on what we've been up to since the last time we recorded. So, Trace? Uh, we started a league. We had our first league meetup um, for Yeah, some of us attended. Some of us were there. Yep, some of us were. I would say at least 66.6% repeating of the people on this episode were at that league. Yep, it was glorious. There was There was a lot of glory. And some gambling made, um, which lost me a game. It's okay, though. Um, <laughs> uh, no, I had a really good ja- game with Jason on our first league night. Um, played a little risky, risk it for the biscuit, like I do from time to time. Um, if I had pulled it off, it would have been like six glory. It would have been awesome. Um, but alas, it did not go the way that I needed it to. And so and what were you playing? Play. I was playing Domitan, and Jason was playing the pirate. The pirates. Mm. Nice. Um, that's a be- that's a beast bound assault pirate build, and Domitan yeah. with uh, fearsome fortress actually. Hmm. So Shocking. Some, some kind of mid board. Yeah, didn't do a whole lot of spells in that one, uh, other than what were on the cards. Um, on the actual fighter cards. So that was my first game. And then my second game was against Justin, one of our new local um, regulars. Uh, and he played his Gnarl Spirit Pack into my same Domitan. And he was running Gnarl Spirit Pack and Tooth and Claw. And that ended up being a victory for me. Um, Justin was a great opponent. He was just learning the... We were both kind of just learning the Warbands because that's the first time I had taken Domitan out to run around and try and switch my leader every activation, which was very interesting. Um, but I had a lot of fun with that. Um, I have I have procured a 3D printer, gentlemen. <laughs> it's very exciting. Um, so there's been a lot of that happening. Um, I have been printing out buildings and cool little things like that, uh, like a madman for my madripoor themed marvel crisis protocol board um 
So that's been another thing that's been taking up my time. I am painting Jason Table New Murray's FLM's <laughs> uh, Heffalump and Heffalump. his Woozles. <clears throat> um, so that's been fun so far. That's making nice progress. And then um, I've also been whittling away at some, um, oh, what's the name? Leagues of Votan models for 40K, for the impending 40K release. Um, yeah, so that's really the majority of what I've been doing. Uh, playing a little bit of Diablo, too. Mixed in there. <laughs> Nice. Yeah, a little bit, so, a little just bit, just a little bit, just a little, just a little bit of Diablo. Um, so, Jason, what about you, bud? Um, first, you know, like I, it seems we'll just mix this in here. I'm just gonna throw my shot because I'm a little upset and very envious that the reason that this stuff catches us off guard is because we don't get preview copies from GW. Like we're just left out there in the cold and then have to scurry around to figure out how to make all this content but it's fun nonetheless but you know shameless plug be really nice to have it early so we could spend you know pre-time doing this but anyway what have i been doing i've been you know we so we have the league set up and a big shout out to what the hex over there because i stole their league format and kind of like amended it a little bit for us because we play every two weeks and um, but the core of it is from them. So thank you guys for posting that so we can run a league. And I, I really like it for those that don't know, it's kind of a ladder league. So we don't have to publish a weekly schedule. You can just play anyone in the league. And matter of fact, you could play anyone and count it as your league game. As long as you first determine that to be your league game before you start. Um, and it's more about just community interaction and getting there. Although we do hand out points for, for winning. So we're about halfway through uh, week one there, um, a little more than halfway now, but got a couple more games for the for everyone to get in uh, and get their points. Uh, we have a, an event set up on the, the 10th, so the release date of all this stuff. We're going to play at the GW store, um, a little Rivals event there. So we set, set that up. Um, and then in the league, so we talked about my game against Trace, but then I went and played uh, Jake, with the pirate again. And finally, even though I beat trace, that was a very, very close game. And I will say some of the stuff in the pirate deck did not fire. Uh, when I played Jake, the, everything went, it was so glorious to see the deck work and to see, you know, I was able to land attacks with the minions and the monkey and the, the parrot did not die to a stiff breeze. Like they actually lived. The pirate still didn't do much, but, um, yeah, that was, uh, it was a fun game. And I, got to play against dread pageant. So maybe it was a fun game. Cause I got to beat up on one of my loves of a war band. Um, other than that, uh, you know, I haven't been doing much, of much of anything like, you know, you're painting my half a lump. Uh, but you paint, you, there's, there's, there's some stuff <laughs> Look at him fishing. I see don't, you. No, don't play this game. <laughs> don't play this game. So I've been doing a lot and really I came, came to the realization with 40 K Coming back around, I can no longer afford to do all of my hobby wants and needs through commission painting and do all my family wants and needs, like take vacations and do all the fun stuff. Money just doesn't go that far. Um, and for those that do have a lot of their stuff commission painted, especially to the level that my stuff gets done, it is not cheap. So, 
to get back into 40 K to do some of this bigger army stuff, I need to get back on the training game, the training game, <laughs> the painting game and training to paint. So I've never painted like test models before. I've always just grabbed my paints and gone. Um, but that method of slap chops out there, you know, Jared uses just contrast over grace here. I do own an airbrush. And if you're on our discord, um, that was one of my hobby goals is I actually set up my airbrush booth for the first time in like a year and a half or two years. Uh, and then I just painted random models to see how those techniques would work. And really it's all about getting ready to paint some dark angels if that day should come. Um, so I slap chopped a bunch of models and actually I love it the way when you just slap chop them from black all the way up to white, they look phenomenal. Um, I didn't want to paint over them, but I painted a Gwen from, oh my goodness. The Iron Souls Condemned. Un yeah, Under Souls. Yeah, so I painted her and I try to match my current scheme um, of my Stormcast and it was close and, you know, Slap Chop worked pretty well on that model. Um, I just had some different colors of gold and different colors of purple that I wasn't happy with. So I've updated those colors so I can try to get them even, um, like match more of my Stormcast Eternals army. Uh, and I'm fairly confident that I can do that again. It, it, that one painted pretty quick. I did it in a single night. Um, and then I painted a space Marine and I, to add to my Crimson Fist Force, there's probably a handful, like I would say two units of my Crimson Fist fo Force that are not painted. Um, so I just grabbed one and, and tried the slap chop method on that. And that one was an epic failure. So <laughs> I painted that one and, um, I was, he, he was looking so good. I was like, Oh, look at this awesome, like, um, dry brush up to white. And like, it was just looking sweet. And I took the first contrast paint of dark blue that the crimson fist are. And I slapped it on there and I was like, why did I spend an hour slap chopping this bad boy up for that. Um, but in the end I did save him. Like I dry brush back up the old way and the, it, and he is a very serviceable, um, tabletop painted miniature, uh, with decals. And I'm very happy with it. It just like, there was extra time. So I learned a lot from painting that model. Um, and then I did a Spider-Man for Marvel crisis protocol and that one was slap chop and it were, it came out great. I thought, Love the model. Yeah, that one looked um, really good. Yeah, thank you. I really liked the one that, that one came out. It was really quick. Again, painted it in a night. Probably spent too much time on the black, but that's what happens when I paint. And then last but not least, I painted my Hulk, and that was not slap chopped. That was airbrushed. Um, and he's probably, I won't say the best model I've ever painted, but I am the most proud of that model. The green is so green. The depth is like, is perfect. It's exactly the way I wanted him to look. Uh, he is not perfect by any means. There are some things in there that I could spend a million more hours on doing, but he is mine and I love him and he is the greatest thing. So that's what I've been up to. And now I have a whole nother batch of stuff to start painting and experimenting with because the airbrush is still set up. Um, so we'll just continue on this journey and hopefully 40 K is phenomenal and I love it again. And I'll paint some space Marines and Necrons and Tyranids and you know, it is what it is, but that's what I've been up to. 
what's going on in your neck of the woods, Jared? Yeah, so not a lot. Um, uh, my kids are swimming year-round swim. Uh, and they also do the summer swim team. And my two-year-old has decided that um, sleeping past 5 a.m. is for the birds. So uh, I have not gotten really any free time uh, to do any hobby that hasn't cost me like lots and lots of sleep. So I had some June hobby goals that, uh, or, or May hobby goals that just did not happen at all. Um, I do have the entirety of the combat patrol for Eldari built. Uh, and, um, I think the last time we recorded, I had finished the guardians. Um, the Wraith Lord and Farseer are primed and magnetized, but, uh, that's it. Uh, the jet bikes are built, so the goal is to get those painted before 40k drops um, so that I have a combat patrol to play with. Uh, on top of that, uh, I want to get at least one of the Weird Hollow Warbands painted. Uh, yeah, so uh, a lot of not actual hobby done, but uh, I did do some work while I was sitting at the pool watching my son swim uh, over the past few weeks to update our Nemesis deck library. So updated the interface for that um, and uh, community shout outs to, um, uh, to MCRAT and uh, the, the wonderful casters over at What The Hex Cast for some feedback. They got kind of a preview release of the new interface and had some feedback that I've since implemented. So hopefully that deck library is going to be easier to navigate. Uh, you can click things and it filters by uh, Grand Alliance, by Rivals deck, and by Season. Uh, I didn't feel like adding 50 buttons to filter by Warband was really necessary. I think you can mm. filter by Grand Alliance and Season. That's probably close enough. So, uh, and that was pretty cool to see it come together. And um, so I'm working on finishing out the um, the updates there. But that's it's looking good though. I, I made a unprompted comment today to you about the the new icons. You did. They look really sharp. They look yeah, good. and I appreciate that. Yeah, they're getting yeah. there. Yeah, it's it. I mean, it's more getting there than your your Hulk. Your Hulk is your Hulk looks really good, dude. Like those. Yeah. Big, I mean, I want to see it in person, but I want and also we need to play some Marvel Crisis Protocol soon. I need to play something at all anytime soon, but. I want to get smashed by that immortal Hulk. Anyway. He does do uh, some smashing, that's for sure. Yeah. So, not a lot of exciting happening for me. I'm hopeful that June will turn things around and then I'll be able to get back out and get some gaming in. Uh, otherwise, I'll have to join like an online league or something and uh, play that way. I don't know. Figure it that out. Works. That works out well for you at night. Yeah, it does. Yeah, when I'm falling asleep at <laughs> 11 o'clock when the people on the West Coast are signing on to play. Yeah. It'll go real well. Um, so we can stop listening to me not be able to do anything, and we can cut this section off and come back with our Rivals slash Nemesis review of the Headsman's Curse and the Void Curse Thralls Rivals deck. And we're back. And we are here to talk about the Headsman's Curse and the Void Curse Thralls. 
so for anyone that isn't familiar, the way that we typically do these reviews uh, for either a Warband or a Rivals deck is we're going to talk about the three most important objectives, gambits, and upgrades that you want to see early uh, as you play the game. And then we'll go through kind of some nitpicky things around the board you might want, what we think the playstyle is. Uh, we'll wrap things up with a new player rating. Uh, and now with a, a nemesis pairing or two with them. Um, so with that said, uh, we're going to jump into the Headsman's Curse. Um, and when I first started playing Warhammer Worlds, I didn't really think that the Death Warbands were going to be the ones that grabbed me. I was never a huge Sepulchral Guard player. I was never a huge Thorns of the Briar Queen player. Uh, never really got into the Banshees or Dreppers. Until the but then vampires came out. <laughs> the Vampires came out. And the Bone Reapers came out. And then Valmorn came out. And so now I finally find somehow have found myself to be like drawn to these death warbands and just the description of this warband really captured me the idea that they're like they're cursed and they're passing out their curse uh and condemning you uh as part of that That there's a giant dude that's just running around mopping heads and we can hearken back to our silver tower days when i used the, <laughs> the white king who decapitated and I was forever stealing the sixes from the bonus dice in silver towers so that my white King could decapitate people. Um, yeah, this, uh, Mr. Wielder of the blade is right up my alley. So, um, this is a, a warband that has a plot card. Um, we're not going to read everything. Uh, we'll probably end up reading everything. Um, one of the major mechanics around this warband is getting condemned counters. And so the plot card um just has the rules around that uh if a fighter would gain a condemned counter and they already have one the uh, additional condemned counter is removed so you can only ever have one condemned counter on a fighter and then there are two rules on the plot card justice is served when an enemy fighter with a condemned counter is taken out of action gain one condemned counter so for the headsman's curse they're gaining the counters in the same way that the um osiark bone reapers canaan's reapers are gaining bone tithe counters so they just kind of belong to the warband they don't go on any specific fighter um, and then well executed after a friendly fighter's attack action takes an adjacent target out of action gain one condemned counter for each of the following that are true first condition that attack action was supported second condition the target was a large fighter so just to jump things out out the gate uh, you can get three condemned counters if you take a fighter out of action with a supported attack and the fighter was large and they already had a condemned counter. So, and the three is important because the inspire condition for this warband is after a power step, you have three or more condemned counters. Um, so with the plot card out of the way, we'll jump into the, um, to the fighters. We're not going to read everything for sure. This time, um, you can go check out the fighters, <laughs> uh, the fighter cards themselves, uh, on various podcasts. What the hacks, uh, has them there on underworlds DB. So uh, it is a four-fighter warband. Uh, they are all move four. Um, they have different wounds characteristics. Um, the wielder is a large fighter uh, at five wounds, uh, and he can fly, uh, and he has a reaction that if he uh, takes an enemy fighter out of action, he can place a friendly fighter that is out of action uh, adjacent to himself, and 
then they gain a raise counter and one wound counter. So that's kind of a new res mechanic. You like stole the curse out of somebody and then brought one of your own dudes back, I guess. Um, and he has a pretty awesome uh, two smash three damage attack. And then he's got all of his little minions. So the bearer of the block, the scripter of the sentence and the sharpener of the blade. Uh, bearer of the block is two smash for two damage. Um, and he uh, gives cleave to range one and two attacks that he supports. Uh, and you can't go on guard if you're next to him. So he's... Yeah, take that, Glissette. Ooh, cannot yeah, a... be on guard. So Glissette is only on her two dodge. Rough. That's painful. Um, and then we have the Sharpener of the Blade. He's two wounds. He's like the weedliest dude, and I'm saving the best for last, I think. Um, he has an action. Uh, so it's an action. takes his whole activation, but uh, he gives the Wielder of the Blade a wetted counter, and that uh, increases the damage of that fighter's successful attack actions by one for each wetted counter, and then you remove the counter. So you could wet the blade three times, and Mr. Wielder of the Blade could be doing a six damage attack. Uh, and those counters persist until the next successful attack action. So you could just yeah. it's keep sharpening cool. that blade and keep upping that damage. It's uh, pretty cool because it, it's successful. And the, yeah. you know, the first sentence there says, give this fighter. So if he had an attack action upgrade or just his attack yeah. action, you could do it to him as well. I don't know why you would want to buff a two fury, one damage attack. Yeah. But it is a really cool way to get an extra damage. And in the formats that we play, Nemesis and Rivals, that's pretty slick. Yeah. To be able to go to take two actions and get a four damage attack out the gate uh, is pretty good. Um, but there's more. There is more. Yeah. So we have the scripter of the sentence. Um, my favorite. He is just. Uh, Taking names. He doesn't even kick butts. He just takes names. <laughs> and I don't know what he's reading out to you, but uh, his <laughs> furious indictment is range three, two smash for one damage with the condemn reaction. Uh, after an activation step in which this fighter made this attack action, give the target one condemn counter. It does not say successful attack action. So sticks and stones may break your bones, but words will always give you a condemned counter. There you go. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, uh, and I, that is a rare ability in this game where you don't require the successful attack action to do. And you still get the thing. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So he must have some very nasty words. Any, uh, uh, D and D players listening. Uh, this man is, just persistent, vicious mockery. Yeah. Just over and over and over again. Cutting words. Yep. Um, anyway, so on their Inspire, which requires three condemned counters, um, Mr. Wielder goes to four damage. Ouch. Yeah, you that do. is rough. Uh, and the bearer goes to three damage. Ouch. Yeah. So, yeah. And then, uh, you know, things kind of fall from there. But... Uh, I'm excited about them. I, I think they're a little different than the Death War bands I've been playing. They're not quite as meaty. I don't know. I think not that that's what. Fighters. Yeah, like that's what has me interested in them. And 
you know, the reason I haven't played death, the back half of, uh, of underworlds is because you've been playing death, but I started in death, um, with, with guard, although I never made it to Briar queen, but there, you know, I played a lot of, uh, lady Mournflight. <laughs> played a lot of lady Mournflight, And I will tell you as well, I was never attracted to the models of, of in particular, um, Oh my goodness. The, now what's this uh this bigger the, faction? The Nighthawk. The Nighthawk. The Nighthawk. Like they they've never uh, like appealed to me, but the mechanics of death have, right? Mm-hmm. And this is like totally different and just a different style but still has a lot of those elements. So, like you have a res mechanic, you have you know some shenanigans to get to get uh tokens and shenanigans to get um, damage and the, we'll get to the cards, but there's some of this very similar flavor of death through it, but it is just presented in such a different way that I'm pretty excited for this warband to, to try it out. So, yeah, I don't think you're alone in that. I think we're all kind of excited to see this one for different reasons. Um, you know, I like, I like the aggro warbands and this is kind of a sits in between like a counter punchy aggro and, just what I like to do is just big dudes that hit people. So it's kind of a sit in between. Like it's, it's a big dude with some guys that actually can do things, which is kind of a little bit different, you know, similar to the parrot and stuff like that. They have a role, which is interesting. Um, But it's a death, another big fighter death warband. I like it. No, they have a role, but they all add such a significant value to the warband yeah. that it's you don't even with like you know to compare them to the pirate. Like everyone has a value there, but it's like I have to do it, and I may not even do it here. You know, you're given the condemned counter, you're given damage, or I think what really sells me on the warband is the bearer of the block. Like the fact that I have an additional four wound fighter yep. that can deal some damage, like. Yeah, it's not for me, and I struggle yeah. with the large fighter warbands. Um, so if I lose the wielder of the blade, you know, it, to me it doesn't all fall apart. Yeah, you're definitely climbing uphill, but it's it's is just this, really cool design. Is this the yeah. first warband where we've had a four three two spread, or a five three a five four three two spread? I believe it is a five. I think it is the first five the first four. five four three two. Yeah. Because it, it normally goes, goes like, six three two 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 two. Yeah. Or there might be Belmore a one that's is, multiple is five, four, three three three. Yep. Frothgorn and Black Powder are both six. Six three, three yeah. Yeah. two twos. Black Powder is six two 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 two. Right. Yeah, it's all twos. All twos. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I yeah. think that that's what's so cool about that raise mechanic in there. Um, four wielder to the blade is that resing a four wound fighter would be really like whoa yeah um it's still great that he comes back at three wounds but right you know the other warband has done some heavy lifting to take a four wound fighter off the board and then he would just come back so it's nice that he goes down to three and then the other two are very manageable right like the other one right. the two and the other one being vulnerable it's, it's really it's it's well done and yeah. then his I, just just his static ability of providing supporting fighters cleave is yeah huge yeah um 
especially in light of the other deck that was released simultaneously. Right. That's that's asking for a lot of support and it has a lot of positioning in it. Yeah. And shields. It puts you on shields and puts you on shields. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. What's the objective of all this? Get condemned counters. I know. Yeah, so uh, key objectives, now that we've talked about the fighter cards and, and wax poetical. Um, yeah, so Jason, what? Uh, so we're talking cards we want to see early in the game. Uh, what are you picking first? What's your first hope and wish and dream here? Uh, I mean, whatever. <laughs> no, I'm quick to judge, okay? So I'm, you are quick to I'm judge. I'm quick to judge. <clears throat> this is a surge duel. Uh, score this immediately after an activation step if there is a surviving friendly leader. So that's kind of like why I want it early because I know he's alive. And yeah. two or more enemy fighters each have a condemned counter. Um, the other reason that I like this is because I don't have to make an attack action and be successful. I don't have to really do anything other than get condemned counters out there. And we've yeah. already talked about um, the scripter that if he just makes an action, you're going to get one. So getting this quick can get really get you some sea glory. Hopefully you, you know, you get multiple condemned counters out there to set stuff up for later. Um, but I want it early and often. I like it. Trace, what else do we want to see? Well, this war band has the tendency to gather a crowd. So um, I'm going to go with that objective. It is called gather a crowd. For those who do not follow the pun, uh, this is a surge objective. Score this immediately after an activation if three or more friendly fighters are within two hexes of the same enemy fighter. So the whole goal of a lot of these fighters and their cards and the objectives and ploys and stuff is to provide supports for each other. And you want to be within two hexes of the same fighter to try and set up some of those killing stroke actions with... Uh, the wielder of the blade or whoever really does wielder is just kind of the, the marquee that does it the best. Um, <clears throat> so just being close to a fighter within two hexes, like you want to, yeah. that's where you want to be anyway. So it seems like a no brainer to me. I like it. Um, well, I will not judge lest I be judged mm. your objective choices, uh, but I will choose judge lest you be judged. Um, and so this is our end phase uh, that we want to see early. Score this in end phase if each surviving friendly fighter has one or more move and or charge tokens. So again, we're going on the theme of things we want to see early. This doesn't require successful attack actions. It doesn't require me to take an enemy fighter out of action. Um, so it's going to get us that seed glory in our first end phase to help us get on our upgrades uh, and then be able to go in and go ham during the second round. Um, all right, so objectives out of the way. Uh, we will move on to uh, the gambits that we want to see. And so before anybody else jumps in, I am just going to pick Damning Scream because <laughs> I can say that and I don't have to horn that out because it's the name of the card. Um, so this is a gambit. Uh, it is restricted to the scripter. Uh, and this is choose an enemy fighter within two hexes of a friendly scripter of the sentence. 
Stagger the Chosen Fighter and give the Chosen Fighter one Condemned Counters. So, Jason, you were talking earlier about getting two Condemned Counters out. Well, Mr. Scripter could go in charge and put one Condemned Counter out with his successful or not attack action. And then he could just scream at somebody and give them another one. And then they're staggered, which is even better. So, It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's getting there. So judgy. Um, so I think, you know, the next, the next one that we'll talk about is helping hands. So, uh, in the first attack action made by a friendly fighter in the next activation, the attacker is considered to be supported by one additional friendly fighter. Um, the reason that I love this is, is one, we want to land attacks no matter what we're playing. We want to take fighters out of action. And when we take them out of action and we are supported, we can get well executed and get a contempt counter. So that's really why I like this one, um, because you don't, you're never going to have perfect position, so you may not be able to set up support. So helping hands make sure that the support is, that you need is always there. You're nice. always supported. Yep. Many always hands supported. make deadly work, according to the flavor text on that card. <laughs> so I'm going to pick one, uh, and the one that I am picking is you must serve. Um, this is a res card and we know that we like some res cards. This one's pretty good. This one says place a friendly chain rasp that is not out of action on a starting hex in your territory. Give that fighter one raise counter. Then if there are four surviving friendly fighters, give that fighter wound counters until that fighter is vulnerable. So. As long as your whole war band is alive, other than this one dude you just brought back, the one dude comes back vulnerable. Yep. But if it's not, he comes back full bore, right? Full health, yep. So this is it's a good card. You just get a fighter back um, in yep. your power step. <laughs> and, and that could be a four-wound fighter. Yep, and it could be potentially brought back in such a position to where... You know, if the yeah. if you're playing kind of defensive counterpunchy, you could bring it up in a fighter right next to your dude, and now you're supporting that fighter, and you'll get a condemned counter and all that yeah. fun stuff. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a really well written card in the fact it that is, yeah. it only can be on the chain rasps, right? So you're not bringing yeah. back your leader. It's not restricted to your leader though. So if the leader yeah. does go down, you can still bring someone back, um, and then. Again, if you're if you've if your opponent has chewed through that four wound fighter, like and you and no one else, like he's not coming back at full health, which uh right. could be a little bit of feels bad. So it's it's awesome that we got a res card. We've seen them before, and it's just really nice to see the additional text that kind of tempers this. This this card grows in value as the game gro- goes on, yep. um, as you lose more and more fighters, but uh it's really it's really well written can't wait to bring somebody back right yeah Yeah. and it's good good, it's good protection so the reason why it's in this first hand though is if it's good protection if you've got somebody who just got killed that you need an opportune time that you yeah yeah. you can bring somebody manages to dome the scripter early exactly yep well i kind of need him no he's important (laughs) yep you know those are all good and great and i'm glad that we gave our listeners three wonderful gambits to start their opening hand in, but there's really only one gambit that you need 
and it didn't make our top three list because I was outvoted, but I will not be silent. I will stand up and is that what happened? Or is this just a scapegoat? Oh, what? Why are you making me a scapegoat? (laughs) You're the scapegoat. This. So the card is called scapegoat and it is by far one of my favorite cards in all of underworlds um, because it has so many applications. Uh, It's almost as good as a distraction in my opinion, because it just can be used in so many different ways. So here's the card. It's scapegoat. Choose an enemy fighter. The chosen fighter has a wound characteristic of five, unless it would be higher. This effect persists until the end of the round. Give the chosen fighter one stagger token and one condemned counter. So, wait a minute. You're telling me that this is the best card ever and I'm giving somebody five wounds? Like, you're crazy. Well, I'm also giving you a condemned counter. I'm also giving you a stagger counter so it helps me hit you. And I've now made you well executed because you have five wounds. And there's nothing on here that says I can't give it to an already wounded fighter. So yeah. maybe I've already plinked you for two or three. Now I give you the five and I'm you're in one shot range. It also has the I don't really care for you, Trace. So you put that awesome upgrade on from tooth and claw that says you cannot be a large fighter. Well, now you're a large fighter and your upgrade's gone. So there's just so many facets to play here. It it really is like a utility, but for me, and you know, also I'm probably scoring an objective. I'm probably killing you. And now that you're a large fighter, I get two glory. Like this is like, and an extra condemn token. Yeah. I'm inspired. I'm having my cake. I'm eating it too. Give me scapegoat. Give it to me now. I mean, the night haunt do have a lot of candles for your birthday cake that you're about to eat. So, yeah. <laughs> That's true. It is. It is a super cool card. It is very. Cool. Um, I'll be. I'll be curious to see it in play. Can't wait to for for me to have like a five wound Kindle finger or something running around. <laughs> I wouldn't give it the Kindle finger because no, I would have one, one damage. damage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? like, no. Fair enough. But anyone else? There you a, go. A, five, a five wound Narvia or two rush. <laughs> right. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Uh, cool. So, um, yep. Now that we've got the scapegoat out of the bag, um, we can move on to talk about those upgrades that we want to see. And Jason, let's just let's just keep your train rolling, buddy. Well, I'm heavy duty, so. You, so true. So true. <laughs> um, this is pretty basic. It's plus one damage to this fighter's range one, range two attack actions. The only restriction is it has to be a chain rasp. So, you know, again, I can put this on the sharpener of the blade once I'm inspired. I already have Grievous. I'm sharpening my blade. I have another damage. Oh, wow. Now the sharpener's hitting for three, maybe four damage. Um, bear of the block can go to four damage when he's inspired. Like this is a great utility. And again, nice subtle touch that I can't just throw it on the wielder of the blade. Like it has to go on a chain rasp and then you kill him and I bring him back and I, now I have my damage again. It's great. It's great. This is wonderful. Good. Great. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. No yelling mm-hmm. on the bus. Trace. What upgrade do we want to see next? Uh, so, since damage is so important to this warband, 
it's probably important for you to be able to hit more accurately. So I went mm. with guided blows. Uh, you can reroll one attack dice yeah, in the spider's attack actions. Oh, that makes sense. Do you like the uh, guided blow? I do like the guided blows. Um, uh, I don't think that Shiok does. That's who's on the card art. He's about to get decapitated. That's what Shiok said? Nice. Um, that card in? I don't know. They all look the same to me. <laughs> so putting this, like this is not restricted to any fighters, which is great. So you can put this on the wielder or the bearer and they can have their two, their two smash damage, two smash large damage uh, attacks um, go through, yeah. hopefully. So Nice. Yeah, and then the, the last one that we want to see is uh, Enduring Protector or, or Enduring ex ex Executor. Executor? There you go. There you uh -huh. Sure. Plus one wounds. So straightforward. Uh, the blade going to six. Straightforward. Sharpener going to three. Like, yeah, can't complain about that. Rescriptor going to four. Yep. I don't know if you put the bearer on five though. Yeah, mm -hmm. making them large would be would be tough, but you negate that wound token he's taking if he's coming back to life. That's true. I, I probably am just putting it on the wielder to go to six. What difference does it make you're at six? Yeah, yeah right. So now you need to. You want him to stick around anyway. To, to take him down. Yep. I don't, I don't think it really. Like the only the only math that changes in Nemesis and and Rivals really is like if you have access to a three damage attack, it could still two attacks regardless. But yeah. most of the fighters are two damage, so now it's three attacks. Yeah, so, or it's still three attacks. It was three attacks anyway. Yeah, I'm thinking you've got the one fighter that can do three damage, and then another fighter that can do two. Oh, uh, okay. So that would that would be two successful attacks. But if you're on six wounds now, you need three. I get you. Yeah, that's kind of my thought there. Anyway, so that covers the cards. Uh, we will just keep this uh, keep these heads rolling on down the board. <laughs> uh, speaking of boards. Uh, what board do we want? What do we think, Trace? Uh, you want something that has a lot of mid-board objectives because you want to be kind of peeking over the line, I think. Maybe not too... You don't want to go deep into opponent's territory. You want to kind of sit kind of neutral with them, I think. Um, so they have, they have decent movement. So they have move four, so they can kind of get anywhere. Um, so I think anything that's kind of got hexes that are close enough to each other to keep them supporting it within support range of each other easily, um, and then have the ability to jump across the midline if you have some objectives that you want to do in enemy territory, if you're running something that benefits yeah. from that. Yeah, I like it. And then Jason brought this up in the pre-show, but the fact that the scripter is threat range seven means you it don't sure have is. to start him in the... You don't have to start him in the front, um, which is exciting. So uh, play style, I'm going to take this one. Uh, we're going to call this reactive aggro. Um, and I think uh, I think that's one of the reasons that this deck really stands out to me is because it is that play style, which I have grown to love as I play Belmorn over and over and over and over again. Um, so it's a, it's a wait and see. Don't push too hard. Uh, you don't want to throw yourself out there. Um, expose your own neck too much, let your opponent expose theirs, so that you can 
create a basket full of boxes. I see what you did there. Yeah, <laughs> nice. Thanks. Uh, all right, Jason, you and I just both sat down. We both pulled out our Headsman's Curse Warbands because we're both playing it. What Spider-Man are you doing me. to take me down? Yeah, so I'm first going to hopefully you misdeploy the scripter. And if you do, I'm going right after him because that is a easy source of your condemned counters, right? Um, and then if you didn't misdeploy him, maybe you're misdeploying the easiest one, which is the sharpener. Um, but the biggest thing that I have to worry about is I can't miss. And that, that you know, that kind of goes without saying, like you don't want to miss an attack. But given your play style, if I miss an attack, I better have some fuel in my hand to try to get away or mitigate the the impending doom that is coming back my way. Cause yeah. as soon as they have somebody supporting, like that's exactly where they want you to score a lot of their objectives and to inspire and become even more, um, more a- aggressive. So that's where I'm, where I'm going. Um, yeah, I'm trying to take out those two little fighters, mainly the scripter if I can because of the condemn counters. No, that makes sense. So, and then for the new player rating, we said gold, maybe with a little tarnish on it. Um, and that's because you have to manage those condemned counters, right? Like getting inspired mm-hmm. is, is going to be a big deal. Two of your fighters go from one dodge to two dodge. Uh, they get more accurate, do more damage. Um, so being inspired is going to be nice, uh, but you have to manage those. You have to figure out how to hand them out, kill people with them, and everything like that. Um, and then we have some Nemesis recommendations, so I'm going to kick mine out first here. Uh, and these decks will be on the Nemesis deck library soon. Um, so I picked Tooth and Claw, and the reason I went with that is they want supports. That they want kind of that additional damage, the additional accuracy, Uh, Because they want those attacks to land, like you said, Jason. So I'm not taking a lot of the push into enemy territory uh, with that. But, uh, you know, I think you have to take some. But, uh, you know, a lot of the kill things, uh, savage fighters, killing people, uh, you know, your standard tooth and claw stuff. Because this warband wants to be, you know, right next to you and killing you anyway. So, Mm -hmm. and then Trace, what did you end up putting together? Uh, I put together a Toxic Terrors deck, um, but I used a lot of the debuff cards, so a lot of the poisons that um, provided debuffs to enemy fighters or made them not be able to move um, as easily. So, you know, the the card that freezes you in place, and I mean, you can still make a move action, obviously, but <clears throat> gives you a move action, and if you're on a starting hex, you can't make attack actions, so kind of remove some of the um, potential uh, lethality back towards you when you go in and you try and behead somebody. Um, and then there's just, I just think those debuff cards in conjunction with the supporting that you get, so the cleave from the supporting uh, bear of the block and stuff like that I thought worked really well. Um having your leader push into enemy territory, like I said, just over the midline, like place your objective just over the midline, but not so deep into enemy territory that you're going to put yourself at risk or put yourself out of the supporting range of your other fighters. Um, I think it could be interesting. Uh, So that was what I picked. 
Nice. Jason, you got anything to add? Yeah, so I went the opposite way. I also picked Toxic Terrors, um, but my deck is, I mean, there's only six Toxic Terror cards in in the uh, in the Nemesis deck, and I picked kind of the same gambits, like hold people in place, make sure they can't attack, um, you know, lightened up the objectives and added a couple upgrades just for, you know, some elements of poison in the deck. Um but I struggled with it, and I started with Void Curse, um, and I think that there's play there. I just, when I was, my initial runs, you're making hard choices, because Void Curse, like, you're going to a single shield, right? You're yeah. taking away, and you can say, well, you have two single dodge f- fighters, but, you know, the scripter is a range three attack. I can't take that away, right? So... That really right. leaves bearer of the block to be void cursed, and the sharpener his attack gets less. And I don't, I, I definitely think that there is play with void cursed here. I just haven't been able to unlock it. And what really draws me to the void cursed, um, and we'll, you know, we'll touch on these as we review that deck. But they have some upgrades that allow for repositioning. Mm. Um, you know, they have gambits that kind of do the same thing. So I think this warband really likes that repositioning. I am just not bright enough on the first like couple days of getting this to unlock the the void cursed headsman cursed thing. Um, but there's a lot of play, and then other than that, I had a hard time just selecting a deck because they are so unique in the, their play style. Um, they want to be aggro, so what what deck supports that aggro the most? Because I did not want to add stuff that just we're sitting on objectives. I just didn't want to do yeah. it. Yeah. So yeah, I feel that. Cool. Um, yeah. So I think that's gonna wrap up the headsman's curse. And I mean, Jason, you were just talking about void curse thralls. So why don't you uh, why don't you run us through their plot card, and then we can talk about Whoa. the rest of that deck. It was almost a good segue, but I dropped almost. the ball. I know. <laughs> Classic. So uh, void curse thralls. Curse me. Uh, curse me. Curse me. Is a universal rivals deck. Um, it has a plot card, so for our championship players, it is plot locked. Um, it is a little bit of a different plot card than we've seen, so let me just kind of read through or give you the, the just. At the start of a round, if you do not have a friendly fighter that is void cursed, you can select a friendly fighter that is void cursed. So that's pretty key because at every round, you're at least going to have one person, and there's a lot of triggers in this deck that run off the keyword void cursed. Uh, well, what does it mean to be void cursed? Well, void cursed fighters cannot make actions other than move actions, attack actions, and charge actions. So all that special stuff that may be on their card, or you give them an upgrade to do a special action. No, 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 no. All, they only have one thing on their mind, and that is to move, attack, or charge. That's it. <clears throat> they cannot. Uh, void cursed fighters cannot make a. Range three plus attack action. So sorry for you. Um, they also cannot be driven back. So that's kind of cool that, you know, they can't be trapped or um, pushed off objectives. Is that that's where you, if that's where you want to go. Uh, and then the last characteristic is no matter what the defensive characteristic is changed to, it is, it is a one shield. So for some war bands, it gets a little bit better. Others, maybe not so much. Some it stays the same. Um, so that is the plot card 
let's move into this very unique deck and objectives and we'll trace like what's the first objective that kind of jumps out of this deck for you that we want to start with the first objective is uh unwitting guardians I called on him. Damn it. Sorry. You need sorry. to put your head down, look away, like, oh, the teacher don't call. Him. I'm so sorry. So I chose Unwitting Guardians. Score this in an end phase if one or more friendly Void Cursed Fighters are on feature tokens. That seems pretty easy. You get to pick it. Yeah. Like you just pick a dude, make sure he's on a feature token, score this yep. card. It's pretty easy. Pretty easy. Seems like a good one to, to start off with. Mm-hmm. Jared, do you have anything better than that? Um, I do. Um, it's so not I better. Pick, just, <laughs> just different. Uh, I chose surrendered will. So this is surge. Score this immediately after an opponent's activation step. If one or more enemy fighters are void cursed. So mm-hmm. I didn't see anything in the plot card about making fighters void cursed. So I hope I had a good reason for picking that card. Hmm. Hmm. Mm opponents what yeah hmm. yeah if one or more enemy fighters are void cursed yep it's crazy i guess i'm praying for the mirror <laughs> yeah there you go i think th- i think there's some tools in here that allow us to achieve this easy surge i certainly hope so okay so that leaves me with uh unceasing imperatives right it does okay good i'm like in between screens here so this is a end phase. Score this in end phase of each surviving void cursed fighter from one or more war bands. Each has one or more move and or charge tokens. So turn one, if it's just your one fighter, that's that's probably bam. Like, look, we moved them. We made them void cursed. We moved them onto objective, and I scored two glory in the end phase. Nailed it. <laughs> Successful. <laughs> Yeah. Nailed, nailed it, but sur- surrendered will may uh, may get in the way because now we give an avoid curse across the board. Um, well, if they haven't moved your charge, you just kill them. There you go. Just just kill them. There you yeah, go. Easy. Yeah. So what uh, what gambits are going to help us um, along this adventure, Jared? Yeah. So I'm going to break. I'm gonna break from things here. We didn't no. actually pick this one. I'm gonna I'm gonna do no. two. Oh my goodness! And, and here we this go. This is I know, right? Oh no! When it gets started. All right. So the one that I picked is reshaping snare, and this is choose a fighter on an objective, a fighter, or in a snare hex that fighter is void curse. So could be a, a friendly fighter, could be an enemy fighter. We don't know. But and Jason lobbied for this card and as i get more and more sleep deprived i I think i'm i think i'm falling to the void here uh and i'm just gonna go ahead and call out reshaping burst as well so this is uh, another gambit choose a void curse fighter roll a magic dice for each fighter within two hexes of the chosen fighter on a roll of a focus that fighter is void cursed so um you've picked your void curse fighter you have move them onto an objective and then you make them explode with void all over the opponent. See, I'm actually going to go backwards, right? So, yeah. cause now you're thinking we're on the same wavelength. I'm going to take that first fighter that I made void cursed, 
right? Yep. I'm going to yep. run them as far back as I can on an objective. And I'm going to okay. secure my two glory. Yes. I'm okay. Then yes. I'm going to take another non-void curse fighter and I'm going to run them to another objective that is preferably in the center of all your fighters. Yep. And then I'm going to hit them with the reshaping snare. And then I'm going to play reshaping burst. Nice. And everyone is void curse turn one and everyone rejoices. That's right. Cause we're now all part of the <laughs> gestalt alien. Overmind. Perfect. Perfect. Yes. And it, just for the listeners in the pre-show, like when, when we kind of went through this, that's all I said. I go, guys, I don't care what you're picking. My goal, if I'm playing Void Cursed, is to get as many things Void Cursed on turn one. So I'm just yeah. taking every gambit. I'm taking every upgrade that hands out Void Cursed. Yeah. So now that we got well, that PSA out of there. We did. And- well, in case you all missed on your giant plan to get everybody Void Cursed in the first place, hopefully you have a couple Void Cursed fighters adjacent to some other folks so you can use the one that I picked which is Void Cursed Assault. Each friendly Void Cursed fighter makes the following attack action. Yes, it's an attack action for multiple fighters in the power phase, which is awesome. It is a two smash, one damage, range one attack uh, with reshape. What is reshape, you might ask? Reshape is if this attack action succeeds, the target is what? It's void, void cursed. cursed. Void yes. Cursed. Nice. Yeah. So in you, case get you, cursed. you get void cursed. You get void cursed. Everybody. Nice. It's a really good card because we don't have a lot of out of sequence attack. That's actions. exactly right. That's right. Um, the last one that we kind of put on the top three before Jared threw us, you know, just way out there and picked one for a fourth one was, uh, Zealot Imperative, and this is a domain, so it's plus one dice to friendly Void Cursed Fighters attack action, and it persists till the end of the round um, or until another domain is is played. Oh, I'm sorry. It exists till a successful attack action is made by a friendly Void Cursed Fighter or till another domain is played. Um, plus dice is always good, and the nice thing about this domain is it specifically calls out friendly Void Cursed Fighters, so you're not giving it a benefit to all those other void curse fighters on the other side of the board. Mm-hmm. Everyone void cursed. I'm yeah, so, I'm so, I'm, I, I'm so happy about that. Okay. Uh, moving on to the upgrades. <laughs> what? It all came together. It all comes it all, together. It's like right. the perfect hand. Like I'm mulliganing. I'm going to mulligan for all these cards, right? No, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but of the upgrades, Jared, are you going to pick like seven upgrades now? No, 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 because it, this is in the first time of, in the history of ever, for us doing these rivals reviews, we actually all picked the same three upgrades. We did. So as as the timing progressed, we did all actually become part of the Gestalt over mind and became Void Curse Thralls. So it's great. So I don't know if you about you guys, but I'm feeling the surging power. Oh, nice. Which is the upgrade that I'm going to talk about. Um, so when you give this upgrade to a fighter, pick one. Uh, crit Grievous 1 to this fighter's range 1 and range 2 attack actions. Or this fighter is Void Cursed. So if the fighter's already Void Cursed, then they get Crit Grievous 1. If they're not, eh, nah, now they are. 
<laughs> so, another way to make more fighters void cursed. More fighters Shock- void cursed. Shocker. <laughs> okay, Trace, what's your next shocker? I really like for my fighters to stick around. So, I am choosing Unnatural Resilience. This card cannot be given to large fighters. See previous conversation about other warband. Um, minus one damage to a minimum of one to range one and range two attack actions to target this fighter. The restriction is what? It's void cursed. <laughs> nice. So you need to put it on a void cursed fighter. Um, but the cool thing about this is in relation to what Jason just talked about a few minutes ago is you do, um, what you call it? Scapegoat on this fighter. Boom. Thing goes away. So just things to remember with large fighters. Things to remember. Um, Excuse me. And then my, um, the third one is refashioned reactions. As I'm pulling up the wrong one. Uh, This upgrade is reaction. Use this after another fighter's move action or attack action. If that fighter is not adjacent to this fighter, this fighter makes one move action that must end adjacent to one or more fighters. The reaction can, this reaction cannot be used more than once per round. That's the sad part of it. Cause I could just love to bounce around everywhere. Um, but this is really cool. Like for those long-term players, it kind of a little bit has a quick thinker um, feel to it. Uh, the nice thing here is, is if somebody, if you have this upgrade on and someone charges you and is standing next to you, you can't react. So they will be able to attack you unlike quick thinker. Um, yeah. But the the nice thing here is it it's just another fighter so it allows me to reposition someone on the board they could have a charge token they may not have a charge token uh get you know get them out of dodge get them in for supports you name it this is a really uh, versatile card that just requires that you stand next to one someone whether that's friend or foe is your own decision Um, so really really like that one I think in that card in itself, and there's another one that's refashioned uh, priorities, which is similar, but you have to stand on an objective. Those two upgrades by themselves have me toying with headsman's curse because like getting the big guy repositioned to take more swipes, um, I think is really, really powerful. Um, This one is not restricted to avoid curse fire. That is true. Those were not. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I do have to talk about a fourth one because I want to be yeah, like Jared. Do. And I'm going to call out Singular Reshaping um, only because I think this is another cool card, much like Scapegoat from the previous Warband. This card, this upgrade, it says instead of giving this card to a friendly fighter, you can pick an opponent. And this is the first time where we've ever had an upgrade that I'm like, I'll pay this glory, but I want you to have it. Um, that opponent chooses a surviving fighter in their warband and gives this upgrade to the fighter. This fighter is now void cursed. Um, yes, they get to pick the fighter, but it, you know, if you're playing against, I don't know, the new far striders, well, sorry, you don't get to make your bolt action or bolts, uh, Shooting attack, you may not get inspired this round. So sorry for you. Pick any one of them that you would like. Um, 
Uh, and it also, too, you can give it to, like, if you're trying to get more of your fighter's void curse, just give it to your fighter and you're void cursed. And it's fantastic. Yeah. And I just think it's a cool design element that I'm now playing with your warband with my cards. Nice. So that's the the deck, our selections. Uh, boards, like always, it depends on what warband you're picking. Your boards are mostly dependent on the warband. Um, our play style and you know, I think we should just coin this one here at Battle Mallet, is what we like to call tag aggro. Tag so it. tag your it. <laughs> As the theme of this whole segment has been trying to get everyone void cursed, you want to be very aggressive with this deck, but there may be times where you don't want to kill a fighter that is void cursed. So... Um, you're going in and you're tagging and you're making them void curse and you're killing another fighter because some of your scoring requires them to have a void cursed fighter or lots of void cursed fighters um, because then you could score reshape the realm where everyone's void cursed and I've got four glory and I'm going to win. But if you do line up against me playing this rival's deck, Jared, how are you going to take me out? Um, so if you void curse my fighter, I'm going to go in and get them killed and make no. them so that you can't ignore I refuse, me. I re- I'm just going to ignore them. I refuse yeah, good. to kill your fighter. Then that, then that works for me. Um, <laughs> cause he's going to kill I mean, your then, void curse fighter. <laughs> yeah. The other thing to keep in mind is that this is putting everybody on one block. So, you know, yep. for a lot of war bands, it, it may be moving them to, from two defense dice to one. Um, I think just about every warband has access to cleave now in some form or another. Um, so you could take somebody that, you know, um, I mean, like, like Glissette or, you know, if we want to go way far back, like Snurk Sourton. Not that you would ever avoid curse him on purpose because then you can't do the Whirly Gig. But, That's you know, correct. you get all these fighters that are regularly on two and three dodge. Now they're on one block. So just keep an eye on that. Um, yeah. And then. I don't know. Play keep away, I guess. Play keep don't get away. tagged. I just <laughs> love that element. Like the control element, the yeah. I'm gonna mess with your plan by getting people void cursed. It's so much fun. I wasn't even thinking of Snurk. Like, yeah. Oh, like tag Snurk. Oh, sorry, Snurk. You can no longer oh, move or do anything. Like yeah. <laughs> you just well, gotta sit about- there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It's good. So Trace, what a new player rating. What do you give this deck? It's a silver. Um, It definitely has a cohesive purpose to it and all the cards help to push you towards that purpose. But it's, it is not the simplest thing to try and wrap your head around. Like you said earlier in the, in the podcast, like you were having some issues trying to figure out how to best utilize the cards. And I think, really for this it's just going to take some practice like it's it's cohesive but it's complex so there's a lot of um a lot of complexity in how to like get this to fire correctly um so silver that's yeah silver. i would i would agree with that it is a cohesive deck but maybe one of the trickiest ones we've seen so when we move into nemesis I have a question, like what war bands do we want to play? But more importantly, do you think that this deck best fits a horde or a smaller elite war band? 
Sure. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think it can go both. Um, you know, I think about the elite war bands that are already on one defense die. So it's probably not going to hurt them too bad. Um, you know, uh, Crimson Court, for example, right? Like most of them are on one defense die anyway. Um, and, and they're going to be able to handle like the fact that they can only do range one and range two attack actions already. Yeah. But um, as we were building out our decks, I actually made a Grincrax Void Court deck. Ooh, Void uh, Court. I like it. Yeah, right? So, I mean, these are a lot of fighters that um, are already on one block. Mm-hmm. And they all have a lot of range one and range two attack actions. They naturally want to be in and around enemy fighters. Um, you know, they get a lot for support, like within their own deck. And then I think this has some really nice uh, surges that they can use to use that dub reaction on grin crack that aren't always available from the quests. So Mm -hmm. I think it, I think it is viable for either horde or elite. I think it can work with either because you're either going to end up with a lot of little void coast fighters. Yeah. Passing play and tag, or you're going to end up with, you know, two or three really beefy void coast fighters playing tag. Just depends on what your goal is. And how you like to play, I think. Yeah, I I agree with that. Trace, are you of that mindset? Yeah, I think you can go either way. I think the biggest thing to remember is while there's a lot of cool cards in this, you can really hamstring yourself. So if there's so thinking about somebody like um, um, Drom, for example, he has an extra action on his card. If he is void cursed, you cannot do that extra action. So you can't make somebody charge you. Or you no. can't force one of your other fighters to charge again. Yeah, but wouldn't it be really cool to have the Gore Hulk with energy converter and just heal them every single time he attacks? I mean, yes. I mean, I'm not saying that it is not. Um, it's just a consideration. Like, you have to go in knowing that you're going to sacrifice you're taking one ability off of one of your cards in favor of what you're gaining. So like this is definitely a kiss curse kind of deck where you gain some cool stuff, but you also might lose some cool stuff. So you just have to weigh whether or not the stuff that you're losing is better than this is, is worth what you're gaining. Um, so the, the deck that I picked or the, the warband that I picked is kind of an in-between. It's a tweener. <laughs> I picked <laughs> I picked Velmorn because um, yeah. it's a five-fighter warband. They're already on one shield. Um, they already want to kind of attack you and support each other anyway, so a lot of the movement cards that are in this deck uh, allow them to position much better, um, and they like supporting attacks and stuff. So, um, And they gain extra supports whenever they're whenever the um, whenever Velmorn actually has his command counter on him. So there's lots of ways to increase accuracy with, with this deck in conjunction with those cards. Um, yeah, that was the one that I picked. And then the other one that I think would do well would be probably the one that you're going to talk about next as far as hordes go. So I can just kind of leave that to you if you want. No, by all means. Like, so, I mean, I'll give my little stance on it. I, 
the first thing that came to mind is what Trace will mention here in a second. But the second thing I think I really like the more and more I look at it, I want to play Gore Hulk with this deck. <laughs> just Gore Hulk. Nobody but, else. Just but, yeah, just Gore Hulk. <laughs> like, but Drom, just think like Drom. So he's the last one that I void curse, right? Mm-hmm. So turn one, I make somebody charge. And then I can like, there's so many positional things, I think, within this deck that I can really maximize my attacks. Yeah. Now I suck with three fighter warbands, so it'll probably fail miserably. But I, gosh darn it, I want to try it. Um, really, my my wheelhouse probably would be pick a four fighter uh, warband. Uh, I might even want to try Ideneth Deepkin, but Jared won't let me say that because they're not commercially available. But um, I still think that <laughs> I want to uh, to play them. Um, but Trace, both you and I, we went to the the first. The first thought, and I did not build with it, but what was yeah. that? Yeah, uh, this is, so we got a nice and new shiny Sepulchral Guard deck just mm. recently. Um, so being able to have some fighters that you can move with, um, move with the Warden's action to get into, to get in position with your Void Cursed abilities, um, you can set up that nice, n- nasty Void Cursed Assault card. You get a free attack action going into your next action. Like, cool things like that. There's just lots of... This This is a very positional deck just to begin with. And having that additional way to get, um, get, to get position with the Warden and with some of the other spicy attacks that they can dish out with champion and harvester and stuff like that. There's just a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. I I definitely, I think there's some play here and I think out of, again, I think I've said it already, like out of all the decks that we've gotten, this one has me most intrigued, but I think there's a lot to unpack here and I can't wait to see the mad scientists that come up with the ability to use the void curse thralls. Cause it's, it's the most unique deck that we've received so far. There's just a lot of hidden layers in it, and it's going to be awesome. So with that, thank you for going on this adventure of the Condemned and the Cursed. We'll take a break and come right back to close out the show. And we're back, and that will wrap up this, the 51st episode of the Battle Mallet Podcast. Uh, We thank you for taking the time to listen. Uh, As per usual, you can find us on all of the podcasting platforms, so feel free to share. Uh, Our website is battle-mallet.com, and from there you can get to the blog, to the podcast, to listen to any other episodes that you've missed, uh, and find our Nemesis library, which uh, tends to be the most popular thing that we've created. Um, We really appreciate all of the community deck submissions that we've gotten for that library. Um, We really want it to just be a community resource. So if you have a Nemesis deck that you'd like to see featured on the library, please let us know. You can send us an email uh, or find us on the Discord. Uh, You'll find links for all of that in the show notes and on our website um, so that you don't have to try to remember an email address as I rattle it off right now. Um, With that... um, I think community shout out wise, uh, I do think we want to thank uh, Mkrat, Mkrat, 
Um, he added a link to the Nemesis deck library on underworldstv.com, uh, which is, uh, it feels, it's quite the honor, I think, yeah. to have a, a link yeah, off of his much. site. Yeah, so so big thanks there. Yeah, thanks. Um, you know, he's building a great community resource uh, for deck building, and so just to be able to be a part of that is a huge honor. Um, Jason or Trace, you guys got any any other happenings? Any other shout outs? If you're local, we have a Rivals tournament at the Games Workshop store up in North Raleigh on Saturday. It starts at 3? Saturday the 10th. Starts at 5. Starts at 5? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, 5, it's <laughs> single. It's Rivals, single. Single um, round. Single round or single... Uh, Best of one. There we go. That's what I'm That's looking for. That's the word. Yeah. Best of one, three rounds at the GW store. We got all the swag. Um, if you are local, you know, the league we have it set up where you, even if you miss week one, week two, or any weeks, you, you know, you can get some points up to two weeks of missed. Um, please come out and join the league. We've been meeting up every other Mondays, uh, typically at Game Theory Wake Forest, seems to be the home that we found for now. Um, yeah, like that's the kind of local shout-outs. Uh, Nova is only three months away, not, not even. So yeah. ready for that bad boy. Um, you know, shout-out to, to Zach Newcomb for going to a local and losing to his arch nemesis again. Nice. But, you know. So you got a pocket situation going on over I, there? I think so. I think so. Oh, that's rough. That's rough. <laughs> Did there. Did that. Should have made a t-shirt. Um, well, cool. Well, um, for the Battle Milet podcast, we are three Void Curse thralls. I don't think there's any other way to put it. So this is Jared signing out. This is Trace signing out. And I'm Jason Table New Murray. Get the hell out of here. Peace. Battle Mallet Podcast is protected under the Creative Commons license. If you have further questions as to its use, you can find more information via links on podcast.battle-mallet.com. Music by Anno Domini Beats. Let's, let's, let's pretend right, Jared's guys, going to bed. You guys just enjoy making this podcast without me. Okay. No, it's never happened. 51 episodes. You've never missed one. That's true. All right. So here we are. Uh, we're going to go again. Or do we just go with this? I think we roll with it. No. This is episode 51 of the Battle Mallet podcast. Welcome to the show. <laughs>